0: Good morning, everybody. My name is Mike, and we are live here with the State of Mind radio show at Radio Region Park. And today on the show, we have a very special guest. His name is David Jurassic, and we are here to talk about parenting, fatherhood, (laughs) and things along those lines, I think. Um, So, welcome, David. Maybe you you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself
1: well where do I begin (laughs) Um, I'd say the first thing is I'm a proud father and a grateful husband Um, I have two amazing girls at home and uh, I'm really passionate about parenting and relationships in general and yeah I can't say enough about that I've worked with kids my whole life um, kids of all ages And with parents particularly for over a decade. And it's just, there's just so much there that we could talk about. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm curious maybe how you got into that um, world of things.
1: Okay. Um, I think I've always, you know, growing up, I always loved kids and I found them more honest than adults. And more fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, who do I want to spend more time with? Uh, boring adults or kids? And uh, and so that led me uh, over the years to really work with different ages of kids. And I've always been an explorer. So I've always loved to travel and um, reinvent my career. And um, But I kept coming back to, you know, kids have this truth in them. Uh, the spirit that is really strong. Mm-hmm. And um, and then over time, I started to find, well, you know, I could have a great time with the kids. I could help the kids um, as a therapist, as a teacher, as a group leader. But it's really the parents who have the power and um, and the ability to affect their ch- their kids' lives the most. So let me invest my time in the parents also.
0: Yeah, that's a really... Amazing. So when I was – oh, maybe let me backtrack a, a wee bit. And you're also uh, black belt in Aikido. Mm-hmm. And w- did you pursue you – were, you were pursuing martial arts, I guess, around the same time that you were also pursuing your teaching slash therapy slash career. How did yeah. those two things align um, with each other? I think
1: initially the two paths seemed separate. Yeah, uh, you know, I was um, 20 years old and I got beaten up on the street by skinheads, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get a gun and kill someone, or um, I'm going to learn how to defend myself." I learned that I freeze under conflict, mm-hmm. and so that led me on a like whole journey of like exploring different martial arts and looking for the one that appealed to me the most, and that that's what led me to Aikido, uh, the path of peace. And uh, the resolution of conflict, and yeah, and then over the same time, I was working with kids and um, learned all these different methods of play and ways of engaging groups and um, using empathy. But then over time, I started to realize that, you know Aikido and martial arts in general, but Aikido, especially to me has the seed of something really powerful and and um, clear and attractive to parents and kids. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, it can be really bewildering to be a kid. And, you know, when you go through challenges as a kid, you go to adults and you ask for help and (laughs) they they say, well, just ignore it. Or, um, no, just apologize. Or They want to kind of reduce everything into this um, oversimplified response to fix it, which doesn't work, Mm -hmm. which fails our kids. It doesn't prepare them. And I thought, you know, you can't just like sit, sit someone down and talk about stuff. That just doesn't work very well. I know I say that as a therapist, right? It's like, yeah, because you can explain to me your situation. And I can go, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. And I might not totally not understand, right? And even if I do understand it, we're still conceptual. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we get on the mats to do Aikido, it's like, there you are. There I am. It, it's all physical. So we see the same thing happening and we go, oh, wow, when I reached for your face, if I reach fast <laughs> enough, I, I can knock your nose and you can, you know, get stunned and fall back. Or you can pivot, you can glide, you mm-hmm. can, you know, you can move in a new way and, and you, can, you can experience yourself physically in a new way. And so that, that sort of over the years, about 10 years ago, that started to make so much sense. Oh wow! yeah physical concrete it's, it starts as self defense but it 's really uh the art of movement to learn to help people to learn to connect, connect under threat to connect when we 're confused and disconnected, and especially when we 're in conflict when we don 't agree mm-hmm. uh, you know how do I turn that around and not just have a good idea on what to do, but like my body knows mm-hmm. exactly what to do, so that 's where that's where you and I met.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. been a few years now. Um, A year and a change. Yeah. 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 Amazing. I'm curious when you said, because this comes up a lot in my work outside of here too, not so, mm. well with kids, but I guess I'm doing a lot more with adults too. The idea of the limitations of talking mm. to somebody, <laughs> you know, sort of, how you said, I can sit here and we can talk about something, but... There's so much more to the story. Yeah. And do you think that, or where, I was just curious where the difference is or between kids and adults, because adults seem to, I guess our brains are more developed, so we can conceptualize the talking a little bit better. Yeah. Um, But I I don't think I know enough or I haven't read enough or learned enough Mm. about maybe the particulars of helping kids through experience or through the movement Mm. and connecting that to the ideas um, and how that looks sort of over the span of, you know, one of your programs or something like that. And how do you see that working in them?
1: Well, I think you just said a lot. So let me back up to what's the difference between kids and adults. I I think there isn't much of a difference. And I think that as adults, we fool ourselves to think that there's a difference. Because I look at the world and I look at how people behave. You know, I'm an idealist. I Mm -hmm. I like to see the best in people. But I'm also a pragmatic as a Mm -hmm. sensei. It's like I look at the (laughs) world and I go, wow. You know, you could say nice things to me. But I look at your behavior and I go, this is who you are. This is how you show up. How is that different than a kid? You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not that different. We're driven by our impulses and our emotions. 99% of what we're doing is that. And then afterwards, we give ourselves nice stories that our intellects cook up. to Say, oh, yeah, yeah, I did this because there's a complicated, very good reason. But we're really uh, not that different from kids, even though our prefrontal cortex is more developed, right? right? right. We can rationalize what we're doing. But reason isn't why we do things. And it doesn't define our behavior. And so um, I think as a parent it's humbling to go wow you know i have all this experience i have all this training i teach people this stuff but look at me you know i'm getting really frustrated with my adorable wonderful daughter (laughs) right now oh i'm so (laughs) frustrated with her and i'm behaving in a more primitive way you know yeah yeah. more impulsive way right now wow that's humbling and i think parents who uh, have been parenting for a while and who are honest with ourselves, we get that, right? It's like, oh, you know, when we were single or when we were coupled and we didn't have kids, we could tell ourselves stories about how wonderful we are. But when we, we were honest as, our, as parents, we go, wow, I, I'm a huge range of things. I can be really thoughtful and caring and compassionate, and I can be a real shit. Mm -hmm. I can be mean, I can be, I can throw tantrums, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I can, I can check out and hide like a ostrich, you know, and I I can spend way too much time on my phone, you know, distracted and looking for something interesting because I'm bored. Mm -hmm. Like, so uh, that kind of reminds me to be compassionate to parents and kids, you know. That we're not that different. We're not wired that differently. We're just a little further ahead in the life journey. Right. Um, And we ultimately have the same lessons to learn over and over again. And once we learn the lessons, we have to practice those lessons to get good at them. So my six-year-old daughter is learning a lot of lessons that took me 40 years to learn. She's ahead of me in some ways. And in other ways, I'm relearning a lot of lessons you know, yeah, by watching her and go, "Wow, yeah, that's actually what I need to, right? right, so there's that I don't know if that answers your question, yeah, that's, right off yeah, the bat, yeah. you know, that's and then good. there's the the how is is much there's more to that also
0: mm-hmm. I went as you were explaining that, I was thinking um, how we the the willingness to be open to your own behavior and reaction to our to your kids because that for me i guess that awakening to my own reality if that's or Mm -hmm. maybe a more honest uh perception of myself and how i carried and behaved Mm -hmm. um happened before i had shortly before i had kids (laughs) so i had a little bit of time to work on it um (laughs) But it, it's really, um, helpful, humbling and scary sometimes too, because yeah. I, maybe scary is not the right word, but vulnerable. Yeah. Maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Cause a lot of the times I will say something or do something and I, you know, whether it's instant or not, mm-hmm. it comes relatively quickly mm-hmm. and I have that reflection of oh my god i was such an ass or that wasn't nice or yeah and i get so caught up in it and my awareness of it in the moment is Mm. there which is helpful so it might reduce the negative impact of it but just last night my daughter has a planter's wart on her foot Mm. and she throws gets irate and screams the second you go near it and yeah for the most part it from my experience with planter's warts and the doctor and everyone it's dead skin for the most part. So I don't know how much it actually hurts, yeah. but she just loses it.
1: Yeah.
0: And some of the things that come out of my mouth are so absurd. Yeah. Um. You know, you're being a wuss and stop it. And <laughs> Oh my God, you know, I'm we're going to take you to the doctor and they're going to have to stick needles in your foot. Like just the most ridiculous things, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but that's so humbling and helpful when mm. I can allow it to be true. Like the, Mm. the unhelpful re- re- reaction that comes out of yeah. me.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, uh, right. you know, I kind of when I hear you talk about that, I, I hear a parent who wants to be a good parent and wants to be compassionate, patient, loving, <laughs> and effective. Right. right. Yeah, And a recognition of, oh, God, look at me. What am I doing? I'm, I'm turning into the worst version of myself. Yeah. And, and, and most parents, good parents, conscientious parents, we feel guilt. Mm-hmm. way more than we did before we had kids because mm-hmm. now we see the impact of our behaviors all the time. And kids are not easy to raise, mm-hmm. so they push our buttons all the time. We don't have a break. That's right? really it's nice, not, the It's impact. not like a job, right? Yeah. yeah. So we have this mirror in front of us yes. all the time, 24-7, a.m. when we're most <laughs> exhausted, they will push our buttons. Yeah. And then we reveal our, our darkest sides <clears throat> And so if you're a decent human being, you feel guilt, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to be behaving like that. Maybe mm-hmm. you even feel shame, like you feel like I, I'm a bad person. Right? And I don't think those are uh, bad things. I think these are signs that you, you care about how you show up in the world and you care about how you impact your family. Mm-hmm. And I also think that guilt and shame, especially shame, but guilt too can get in the way of our of our work as parents, Um and I think I'd like to start with just sort of like there's some parenting bullshit that needs to be put down. You know, like like, 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 go like in in yeah, like yeah. the bullshit that adults tend to have in general. Like, I know what to do. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. As a parent, you can't say that and, and have a straight face to your child. But we pretend, or we we expect ourselves to behave like that, and then we fail ourselves, and we fail our kids, right? And kids don't need—do kids really need somebody who always knows what to do? No, no, because they smell that bullshit, right? They go, that that's not true, and they need to learn for themselves what to do as they grow up and become adults, right? So they need to find their own way of finding wisdom. So even if we had all this wisdom, which we don't have, uh, and we knew everything. They still have to find their own way, so it's not helpful to them. Uh, the other bullshit is I am in control. Well, that's that's a farce. Even when you're a single person in the world, you realize I don't. There's so tiny bit of what I have control over. Even in my own sphere, mm-hmm. right? My thoughts just arise. My emotions just flare up. I don't have control over any of that. I barely have control over my body and my breath. And maybe I I practice meditating for twenty years just to steer my mind and focus a little better, but it still wanders away on its own. So there's a lot you know, there's a lot about like parents and adults pre pretending and assuming things that are not true and then and then feeling terrible because we feel like we're failing. And then also it doesn't help our kids. Our kids don't need to be controlled. Uh Terry Cruz says, you can't love someone and control them at the same time. And I take that to heart, you know? Mm-hmm. But we feel that way as parents. Like, oh, I should be in control of this situation. <laughs> uh, I should get them to school on time and be in control. I should be in control. And, and of course, there's an instinct in a, each human being to have a, a will to want to assert influence. That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think... Uh, you know, control is something that's like an immature instinct that needs to evolve into a more mature one. I want to influence my kids. Not, not steer them, not control them, not manage them. Those things are exhausting and those things don't work. I want to influence kids, you know, and myself and my wife. And I want to be influenced in a good way, in a way that feels freeing and inviting and empowering. So that's one thing I could work on. Yeah. And then I could be honest with my people around me that I love and say, oh, God, you know, I got really controlling there. Oh, that didn't work. You didn't like that. You told me to stop bossing you around. Ah, Good (laughs) for you. Yeah. For uh, asserting yourself and catching me because I guess I was anxious and I needed to think I had this delusion to think that I could control things. (laughs) How silly am I? eh? (sighs) You know? Yeah. Uh, So let me focus on what's more powerful. And oh, I th- I I th- I was trying to tell you something that I thought was really smart and wise, but you know I I really don't know your situation. And even if I was standing next to you, this is your thing to figure out. So can I help you navigate? Can I help guide you? Can I help you find what you need as a parent? You know, mm-hmm. instead of giving you the answer or trying to fix it for you, or trying to sound wise like I know everything. You know, so I think when we put those At least those two two, uh, expectations aside and we stop that bullshit, I think we can relax as parents and be like, you know, I just got to show up. I have to be responsible, which means able to respond. doesn't mean I'm able to respond the best way each time, but I'm present and I'm available and I'm learning with my child. Mm -hmm. And everything that they're going through is reminding me of unlearned lessons (laughs) that I (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe I've come further and I can go, oh, yeah, I have something to offer. They still have to go through it on their own. And, and maybe I'm actually right where they are and I need to fumble around in the dark with them. Maybe that's honest sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to start from that grounding of accepting reality. And I think it helps, um, it helps me as a parent to be like, ah, you know, put down those crazy expectations mm-hmm. And then the guilt kind of goes, like, why is the guilt there? Like, you know, I'm a human being, decent human being trying to help my child. I'm screwing up half the time, fumbling around most of the time. Sometimes it looks good. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah. And am I, you know, so back to your example of like, oh, you know, last night I screwed it up. Oh, I would be like curious to be like, wow. You know, where does that come from, the instinct to get impatient or hard? And I would try to bring compassion to that part of myself and then learn from that, oh, oh, you know, what can I be learning Not like I learned it and now I'm supposed to behave Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Like that's unreal. Like we expect that from our kids too. Oh, I just told you. Don't do it like this. (laughs) Do it like that. Now you've learned your lesson, so you should do it better next time. Like no, that's not how learning actually happens. Mm -hmm. I'm learning the ukulele right now and I suck. I'm terrible. And I'm getting gradually tiny bit better every time I practice. And that's how learning happens.
0: Yeah. Right? Definitely. It doesn't have
1: yeah. oh, I watched some expert on YouTube. He showed me how to do it perfectly. So now the expectation is that I could do it perfectly. But that's how we treat ourselves and our kids, right? Especially our kids, I think. Especially when you yeah. tell them, I yeah. told you. Yeah. Now that I've told you, why don't you I'm like, come on, really? So that's another bullshit to drop. <laughs> so so this year, you know, I had um, cancer in the middle of the year and I overcame it and this this was sort of for defining for me because my wife was really scared. I'm going to lose you. And mm-hmm. I was looking at my family going, okay, my prognosis was really excellent. But you never know. And the lesson, one of the lessons I took away is re- relationships are number one with my family first. And two, I, I don't have time for bullshit. And... So then I started, like, calling myself out on these things and go, oh, look at you. You think, <laughs> you think you're think you in control right now. <laughs> so funny, man. You're ridiculous, you know? And and to kind of laugh at myself and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, you're like, you know, this human, mm-hmm. everybody does that. You're not the only one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. So that, you know, I would want to bring that compassion to you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That you're a good guy, and I know you love your kids. And um, and there are times when you do things like beautifully as a parent, I'm sure, right? For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then yeah. those harder moments, um, yeah, I think it bears bears worth to explore and be curious and bring attention to them. Uh, but then, th- I, then I think about it as like, okay, now that's the training. That's the dojo is those harder moments, right? It's like, hmm. Next time, I'm going to do a little tweak to do a little, you know, I'm going to be, I'm sure, I'm going to expect that I'm going to lose my temper again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> I will, for sure. I will. In that, right? in that situation. Just or others, yeah. Change doesn't happen so dramatically no. like in some TV show. Uh, and you, you can have a breakthrough and go, oh my God. And then you'll still be tempted to behave a certain way. Anyway, so next time, I will um, make a little tweak, I'll do a mm-hmm. little adjustment. Mm-hmm. You know, my volume won't be a nine out of 10. It'll be a seven. Or maybe I'll, won't stay in there for so long lecturing. (laughs) I'm going to pull back and go, okay. Or maybe I'll even be like really bold and I'll own my stuff with my kid and go, oh, wow, look at me lecturing you. You don't need that, eh? Oh man, that was crazy. Okay, I stop now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, um, and then it goes on, right? There's more learning. It's never ending.
0: No, and I do find that kids, um, well, my kids, but also because I'm not in intimate situations like that with other young people very often, Mm -hmm. sometimes after my talks or whatever I am, but just the acknowledgement that we're not perfect and we screw things up and, hey, I I did a really bad job in that situation and I'm sorry about that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that what you were doing was okay or it doesn't mean that... (sighs) Whatever it was yeah. should have been different, yeah. uh, but I'm owning my side of the street, so yeah. to speak, yeah. and that's all I can do.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and they open to that so much, or they receive that really nicely, sort of rather than yeah. not acknowledging your own internal turmoil yeah, and how you could have done things differently. Um, yeah. yeah, they really open to that a lot because they don't get that anywhere. No. At school, at least, it's just constant. Yeah. Do this, do that. You're not doing that good enough. You should do this, you should do that. And yeah. it just never ends. And I think that sort of, uh, I wanted to ask you okay, my mind goes in 400 directions at yeah. once, but we're, so I think the adult thinking pattern of repetitive judgment and crit- self criticism and yeah. the constant, we seem to be so hypercritical of ourselves. Mm -hmm. and then that gets reflected out onto the world Mm -hmm. and, and the kid and our kids are literally walking (laughs) around and all these adults projections of their thoughts and insecurities and they're just constantly being berated. Oh my goodness. So when someone is honest with them and sincere, it really uh, seems to touch them, I guess, something like that. Well,
1: and I want to, um, highlight what you said about a minute ago about, uh, the power of owning your stuff and apologizing Mm. and i think that is a that is a really lost art form and a really profound um so i let let me just sort of go on the macro and large scale and then go into the intimate aspect of the power of that um there's this kind of uh therapy that's coming out in in ontario called emotionally focused family therapy Mm -hmm. Um, i'm just reading about that yeah it's so powerful (laughs) um they did a lot of uh, research with families, you know, of like a lot of mental health challenges. And they found that all the parents had lots of guilt and lots of fear. That's a surprise. Like every, every parent has <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more fear than when they were single and more guilt, right? right. Yeah. Um, but their kids were like, you know, eating disorders and like really intense, scary stuff uh, that you don't want for your child. And they found, you know, all these different interventions. And they found that when... They looked at the parent and they just worked with the parent and they worked on um, forgiveness and apology, the power of apology, like sincere, deep, Mm -hmm. profound apology. Um, They were able to confront that fear and that guilt and dissolve it. And then that made it a much bigger impact on their kids than working with the kids directly. Wow, That's the power of parents, right? Mm. You heal the parent. Kids need a parent. They don't need a therapist, um, they need a parent and a parent heals a little bit it's way better than even an awesome compassionate therapist right having a, a parent who's slightly more healed right yeah. so even a tiny change in the parent makes a huge ripple in the child's life more than any anyone else can do any expert any outside influence and even when you hate your parents and you you despise them or they've wounded you deeply they they like that's just evidence of how powerful that bond is right uh, and when the parent does anything in that dynamic differently yeah. to grow even a little bit, it has that deep impact on their child.
0: Even as an adult. Yeah, like, even as an adult. Like when sure. I'm thinking of my parents, even those micro. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and and it's kind of ridiculous to expect that your kids will change. Think about that. Yeah. You're the freaking adult in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so expecting your kid to you know they're gonna grow they're gonna evolve that's part of life yeah but expecting them to change first when there's a dynamic between you know you're getting mad at your kid there's a dynamic you're both in the dynamic it's not your kid it's not your spouse it's it's whoever you're in conflict with right. you're both in it and if you're the adult and they're the child who hasn't developed their brain and, and doesn't learn the skills and doesn't have the resources that you have um I think we need to look at ourselves and be honest and say, you know, it's up to me. Like, you're, you know, it's up to yeah. me. It starts with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I want to no, see change just, in my yeah. family in my relationship with my son or my daughter or my kids, it starts with me. It has to. But uh, then, you know, immediately when you bring awareness to the self, you, you it brings up shame and guilt. and mm-hmm. oh, I'm so bad. I suck. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. That's self-criticism, Right. And I I think deep down there's something good about that. There's something – there's a self-correcting kind of integrity mechanism inside of us saying, you know, the criticism might seem harsh and it's distorted and it's mean. Mm -hmm. Even when it's mean, there's a grain of truth in it. It's like, oh, I'm trying to steer you away from going too far that way because that's not who you are. And sometimes that guilt and shame is not actually ours. It's societal – it's, it's just toxic. It's just like, okay, you're just a bad person because you're brown. And that's, just, that's something we just need to spit out and not own and not take, right? Mm-hmm. But I think when we have that intrinsic shame or guilt that says, you know, I'm behaving in a way that I don't – that goes against my values as a human being, what I believe in, we need to listen to that. We need to process that uh, and not push it away, not drink it away, not eat it away. You know and mm-hmm. just be like oh this really sucks to feel because if we if we don't the consequences we project it onto our kids yeah so if I if I'm um, you know telling myself that I'm selfish there's some truth in that I spend a lot of time on my own and I don't think about other people that much so there's some truth in that right mm-hmm and if I see my child behaving in a certain way, if I don't own that and I see my child not listening to me and doing her own thing, then I'll start to project onto her. She's so selfish. I got to teach her to be <laughs> less selfish. Arr, yeah. arr, and I get all righteous. Instead of owning that and going, oh, huh, that's why it's coming up for me right now, right? I see that in her. It's my thing. Ah. Hmm. And actually, kids are supposed to be self-absorbed. That's part of their natural development. Yeah, right. And they yeah, can't be yeah. forcing your kid to share or forcing them to care for other people. Actually, re you know, it causes the opposite to happen, makes them want to be more selfish. You have to inspire them and compel them to want to care and consider other people. And how do we do that? We do that through our direct modeling, right? Yeah, yeah. If I uh, show care and compassion and love towards my daughter, she starts to show that towards other people. Yep, yeah. It's direct. It's not something I have to tell her So the criticism is valuable, but it's pointed in the wrong direction, and uh, we need to learn how to hear it clearly, yeah? Yeah. And then the apology, like when you said that, it just gave me shivers because that, that, you know, how do you teach your child to be responsible, to be compassionate, to be considerate, to have integrity and not lie to you? And I can't think of any more direct way than looking them in the eye and telling them when, you, when I've screwed up and, and listening to them, not just saying sorry, sorry to make yeah. myself feel better, but <laughs> actually listening to her and say, uh, what was that like when daddy was yelling at you in the car? Oh, God, you felt scared. You felt sad. You were angry. Oh, I, I had the power to create that effect on you. Oh, God. That feels shitty, right? I feel guilty. I feel bad. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stomach that. I'm going to digest that because mm-hmm. I love you. And I'm going to s- take that medicine because I love you. Because <laughs> I love you and mm-hmm. I want to heal and grow and be a better daddy. And because I know deep down strategically that if I take this hit, that it's going to help you also. If I can look you in the eye and say, I'm sorry that I caused that, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be perfect and not, never do that again, but I'm going to really try hard to adjust how I treat you in those situations. And I never want you to feel that way again, so I'm going to do my best to repair that and 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 um, do something for you to help you feel more loved, more respected, more cared for. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean... There's no more profound and simple way that parents can transform their relationship and help their child right? than doing that. Yeah. And we don't know how to do that in this society. We are in no, Canada. We're, we're so sorry, sorry. So much <laughs> bullshit, right? You yeah. go in the subway. I go in the subway and I push somebody and they say, sorry. <laughs> and I, I go, oh, my God. This is ridiculous. I just pushed you. And I don't even feel like saying sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mean person. But I'm like, yeah. you know what? We're cramped in here. I didn't push you very hard. I'm not going to say sorry. But you're telling me you're sorry? Like there's something out of whack here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a society, I think, you know, uh, oh God, we could talk about that for hours. But yeah. but I can take responsibility for myself and acknowledge my impact on people, starting with my family. And, if you know, that doesn't take any money. That doesn't take special parenting skills or training. Um, but it takes enormous courage and humility because, you know, you look at your kid and you're upset because they did these things to you and you're, I have my, you know, I have my own things that I, grudges or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you got to put all that shit aside and and be there for them and look them in the eye because they're crying or upset and say, oh, what what did I do about that? Oh, is that, okay. Uh, and not get into an argument with them because they're their perception is wrong <laughs> right because everyone's perception is wrong when we're if i'm in a conflict with you mike i'm gonna have a story that makes me look good makes you look bad yeah and then i'm gonna find all these facts that tell me that oh you said this that was so mean and but i was just saying that oh i was just being i was just trying to be you know, curious <laughs> i don't know why you took it so personally mm-hmm. so i'm gonna like skew things and there's no nothing's gonna change until i I go, wait a second. That's just a lot of bullshit. What did I actually do that impacted you? And can I hear that without defending myself, right? That's a, that's really hard to do. But it's not rocket science. No, <laughs> uh,
0: but I wanted to because it. that I think is where it, I find it hard to think about or understand for other people or help guide them maybe in that type of direction. Mm. So to have personally, I mean, I was always relatively a reflective person, but the reflections were projected outwards instead of towards myself. So I had to, I had a long, you know, life of addiction and all these problems. And the only way that I was able to snap out of that was through incredible suffering Mm. And so for people that aren't in that situation, I'm always amazed at one, how they manage to become aware of things in a different way, more helpful way, maybe. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so I, I, I'm curious sort of how we help or maybe we don't, how people can come to that self-reflective awareness because it's not another thing that's not shared openly in the world very yeah. much at all. Um, and and you, yeah.
1: you said it earlier too because we project so much yeah so we we tell our we put our own stuff in the world that we react to to disown ourselves it's very disempowering mm-hmm. and it keeps us away from uh it's a tricky way of keeping us from ever realizing our truth
0: it's so like it's, the mirror you said too with our kids are a mirror and if yeah. we're not willing to look in the mirror yeah then it's a reflection or something. So we're
1: constantly right? reacting to ourselves, but then we're telling ourselves that's not the case. Right. That, it's that's them. their fault. Right. So even when we're pointing fingers at them, we're pointing fingers at ourselves. Right. right. Is
0: it when they say there's three, when you point a finger at somebody, there's three pointing back at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's this
1: kind of delusional thing that we do. Yeah. And we're so close to like having a breakthrough in terms of awareness mm-hmm. and re- realization, but we will, yet we're so far because we tell ourselves the story uh, i'm separate from you right. you've got the problem not me instead of this i spotted i got it and you're my mirror you're mirroring mm-hmm. me or my projections on you are mirroring me yeah and then there's actually you behind those projections we right. don't even get past that. like there's a lot of spiritual yeah wisdom that people share but it's surface right because yeah n- people are not just your mirror like that's self-absorbed narcissistic right, right? come on right no they have their own thoughts and feelings hello <laughs> yeah they have the, you know yeah but but i'm we're used to seeing ourselves as like oh you're a projection of me because i'm projecting on you mm-hmm. so there's this sort of like waking up to the fact that i'm projecting and then starting to see beyond my projections and actually listen so there's you know i think the best way we can influence other people whether it's our kids or our partners or our friends or Larger society mm-hmm. is to to practice actually seeing clearly, projecting. And, and so
0: that starts with seeing the self first, and then seeing beyond the self in others. And, and so owning.
1: And I think all of these little little like um, almost like ninja skills. Yeah, they're invisible, right? Mm-hmm. So one is I'm I'm talking to a group of people, and I'm gonna own my own shed I'm not gonna talk about society this and society that. I'm going to say, I think, I believe, I yeah. see this, I project right. this onto society. Yes. I, I, do you guys share these same things? Oh, you do or you don't. Oh, great. So I'm owning my own stuff. Right. So I'm distinguishing between my projection and between yes. reality. Yeah. And I'm making space for reality to enter into my world instead of holding on to my projections. So I'm asking you to correct or adjust. Yeah. So I'm engaging with my audience, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and being really open to go, oh, wow, they see it really differently. Oh, wow. Um, so there's that. And then and then there's like a deeper sense of like, you know, I, am I going to walk in the world um, trying to project some image of who I want to be or am I going to be authentic and have integrity? And I think that's another choice to be like, okay, I'm going to promise something and then I'm going to deliver it. And if I don't, I'm going to make some kind of repair. That's having integrity. And when stuff comes out of my mouth, I'm going to constantly be using that critical part of my mind that normally would judge me. I'm going to say, shut up. And here's your job. Your job (laughs) is to make sure that I'm speaking with integrity. And you got to be a policeman and catch me Mm -hmm. because you like to be vigilant. and You like to point fingers. So great. (laughs) Point yourself on this. Okay. This is your full-time 24-7 job. Make sure that I'm speaking with integrity. And when I'm not, right. help me catch that and give me a little <laughs> So I go, oh crap, you know, I, I misspoke. Yeah. So, um, you know, those are just like starting points, right? But then.
0: <sighs> you said courage earlier, too, because it takes yeah. courage to do that. Or it takes, I, I would say, humility and courage are weirdly intertwined in some ways. Um, yeah. But it does, and it takes some. I think it takes a sense of security, maybe or self acceptance,
1: to be able to do that. Or I, don't I think know, that cause... I think that goes around a lot. Like people say, well, you have to love yourself and accept yourself. And I, uh, for me, what's true uh, is that that's a never ending journey. Mm-hmm. The self is so massive, so endless that I'm never going to get there. So I don't want to set myself up for that you know oh I can't do this until I've done that I can't can't, uh, be present for my kids until I've loved myself or I can't find my partner in life until I've loved myself because it just seems like a a a worthy goal Mm -hmm. but a goal that never ends yeah Yeah. more of like a practice yeah so maybe it's a support oh I practice loving myself every day and Mm -hmm. that supports me to be courageous and authentic right but I think it's not a prerequisite I think for me I can be authentic because I have chosen and decided and committed to be that way, and the courage comes from recognizing, "Oh, I'm really scared. I'm really nervous to say this or show this, and I'm going to do it anyway." Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to then, and feel again. that vulnerability and that, and then to get comfortable. If, no, maybe that's not the right word. To be committed to the vulnerability more than to the comfort. Because the comfort means resorting back to the things that I learned growing up, which is put on a brave face, be a nice guy, be compliant, be a good boy, Mm -hmm, whatever it is. mm -hmm. That's comfort. It sucks. It doesn't work. It takes effort, more effort than being authentic. But it's comfortable because it's what I knew and what I got conditioned to do, right? Mm -hmm. So to uncondition myself, I have to be uncomfortable and be used to being uncomfortable. And maybe that discomfort is a... Is a signal that I can use to be like, oh, I think I'm in the right terrain now. When mm-hmm. I'm too comfortable, I go, hmm. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, there <laughs> I go again, <laughs> yeah, hiding, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretending, and, from? Yeah. And, yeah, and so that so I can use those as signals to help me learn, as opposed to, this is what I should do. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. You um, earlier you were speaking about. Well, about the apology stuff or owning our stuff to our kids and mm. and modeling in that regard um, here, i'm curious what your thoughts are on sometimes i don't even when i'm acknowledging inappropriate behavior yeah. to my kids yeah. that i didn't handle something very well sometimes i don't necessarily even say sorry
1: yeah
0: i just you know that wasn't a good I didn't handle myself very well there, yeah. and that makes me feel bad. And I assume that makes you feel bad. And I'm—I just want you to know that I am aware of that and working yeah. at yeah. reducing that impact on you. Sort of. It's so hard to hold the word, even right now. Yeah. It's so hard to hold in well, the word "sorry" because I'm yeah. not.
1: I don't know if I'm really in well, some situations. So, I'm not sorry. So I but I wouldn't I'm, force it, right? Yeah. Like I, you know, we're also taught. I see this in the grade school, and my daughter goes to yeah. it constantly. So and so, my so and so hit me. Yeah. Oh, go so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, fine. Am yeah. I done now? Did I said sorry. And it, and it has to be heartfelt. And has, for, it's the same thing with forgiving someone. You can't force it. And there's yeah. so much. I think it's wrong to try to force it. I think authenticity compassion and love has to come from authenticity and freedom so Mm -hmm. i think if we can just practice owning our stuff that's good enough and that's more than halfway
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right yeah yeah uh so for me the first stage is to recognize myself going doing something that i is out of whack with myself then the second stage is owning it with the person because they're part of it they just they just experienced me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the third stage is to go, ooh, what's the impact? And start to uh, hear that, mm-hmm. be open mm-hmm. to the impact. And then fourth stage would be to go, wow, to acknowledge that impact and to m- maybe apologize. Right. And then the, on, it could go further, right? Yeah. The further stage could be like, wow, what do I do differently next time? Or can I repair this right now more fully? Because you felt unsafe, so let me comfort you or, or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So these are like they're like ripples in a in mm-hmm. a wave, right? Mm-hmm. And so I find that if I just commit to doing the first few first ripple, it takes me further naturally. Mm-hmm. I don't have to force it. But if it only goes a, a few ripples, hey, that's way better than I used to. I used to pretend that didn't even happen. Mm-hmm. I used to gaslight people. Is that mm-hmm. the right term? <laughs> you know, yeah, no, or, no, yeah. or I, I used to like go, ah, "I didn't mean it that way. Right. That was not my intention." <laughs> I would get defensive. I'm like, yeah. "Who cares about my intention? I didn't want. I didn't want to recognize the impact." So I got, you know, as I learned to own stuff, I still didn't want to recognize the impact. Now I'm getting better at recognizing the impact. I'd like to grow my heart strong enough, big enough, wise and brave enough. Mm-hmm in the next few years, that I can be the person in the room when you know who can own my stuff, recognize my impact, and acknowledge my impact and do the repairs that are needed. I can be the most responsible person that I, I'm capable of. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of pride there. Like, I, I do believe <laughs> that society is fucked. And that we're really, you know, in kindergarten about yeah. learning this stuff, and we're all struggling. So there's a little bit of pride, ego in there that says, "Yeah, I want to be the best person who can do this." Mm-hmm. And um,
0: that's but, another area of yeah. where we just rip on ourselves so much because there's well, something that's genuine. That's about That's fine, that, right? right? It's like the pride of yeah. getting good at something. Yeah,
1: I think I'm better than average, but I'd like to be exceptional at that. That's my pride, right? Yeah. And if that helps my family and people to heal and grow, great. I'll, I'll accept that pride. Um, but, but deep down, I, I mean, I just want to, when I've lived up to that, there are moments where I've lived up to that. Mm -hmm. I felt most amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like, Mm -hmm. man, my heart is huge. (laughs) I can own this shit. I can love these people and I can be wholehearted and big and wise and loving. And I can take anything in this room with these people man, I feel powerful, mm-hmm. right? And I want to feel that more often. So I want to, and I know that it's training and practice to do that, right? When I've slept well, when I've eaten well, when I've had a nice massage and <laughs> yeah. and I feel good about myself, it's easier to do these steps. Uh, and then most of the time that's not the case. So it's harder. But then that's my training, right? And every time I fail, I can look at that and go, oh, okay, where where did I go? Oh, I went this far. Good for me. But the next step is this. So let me lean in a little bit and go a little further. Mm-hmm. Let me go back to my daughter or my wife right now <sighs> and do that extra step.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> in the past, I wouldn't even go this far. So good for me. But I'm going to go a little further today because that's my training. You know? It's lovely. So yeah. I think of it that way. Yeah. And that helps me to not stop growing and feel sorry for myself. It yeah. helps me to keep move, moving forward, but yeah. also be be like practical and realistic, and not expect myself to be Yeah. like more. that all the time or something. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. There's another, I guess, part of that is when my son is repairing. I really like in in your classes. Um, you, there's a. Unit or whatever or part of one of the classes about repair and that kind of stuff, Yeah. Uh, which is lovely. And when my son sometimes in in he's in a re- repetitive pattern or whatever, and he's coming, I'm sorry, and da da da. You know,
1: mm.
0: I often say, I don't, you don't, I don't want to hear that. Mm. I want to hear what it was that, even if it's me helping give him the language yeah. to the best of my ability. It's, yeah. I don't want to hear you say, sorry, I want you to tell me why you got angry or why that emotion came up in you. Mm. What did that look like? How did it make you feel? Mm. And what did it make you do? Mm. And just articulate that to me. Don't come and say, sorry, I'm not interested yeah. in that. I'm interested in you learning yeah. about what actually was happening inside of you.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, and that seems to, I I don't know if that's more for me or him. I think it's both, yeah. but it's like I don't want to hear the story because it's just D- BS. And it's that, when just, you
1: when you ask him those questions, yeah, then how does he respond?
0: It seems to at least it creates a little more space rather yeah. than the I'm sorry and then it's over with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, in certain moments, depending on you know the context of the scenario, sometimes yeah. I won't ask him or but. It just creates more space yeah. in him for sure. And then the next time, sometimes he'll say, instead of saying sorry, he'll say, I wanted to say this, but I know that I was getting angry and frustrated. Mm. And so I'm just going to say that instead.
1: Mm. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. So he has a little plan next time.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. at least the reflection is yeah, starting to. Intention yeah. to do better. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I I, yeah. I found myself uh, having the same reaction to my daughter and, and to kids that I work with mm-hmm. and, and yeah, like I, it's like they, they don't want to feel guilty and they want the guilt to go away yeah. and I don't want to rescue them from their guilt, but I've, I've tried to um, play around in that moment with yeah. other options, right? Yeah. So here's yeah. one thing I've tried sometimes when I feel like it's sincere, I feel really bad daddy yeah. or sensei, right? I go, Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate you feeling bad right? because you care and you want to do better. Yeah, So it's like they've given me a gift and I'm receiving it.
0: And you're open enough to or you're present enough to see the sincerity in them. Because, yeah, uh, yeah, as you're saying that sometimes, I'm like, yeah, there's definitely times where that's probably a real sincere apology Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm just – distracted or I not there to hear know. it yeah yeah
1: I don't know what's in your situation yeah, yeah. but for me I'm trying to like suss out nice, yeah. what what's happening here underneath the words yeah and is it something I need to receive mm-hmm. that will be uh, fruitful for them and for me it will strengthen our bond and help them to understand their impact yeah uh, sometimes it doesn't feel like a genuine. I feel bad or remorseful. It's more like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, can you just like yeah. <laughs> can can we get away from this feeling? Mm-hmm. And and then um, I know my my wife does this. She asks me, "Why did you do that? Why did you feel that way?" And I tend to. Sometimes be able to get curious in that moment, but a lot of times I get defensive to that mm-hmm. question. You yeah, know, yeah. So I'm kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know why I did that. I just did. <sighs> or, or I get kind of stuck in in a loop in my head trying to figure out why, and I can't. Yes. Because feelings just emerge. Mm-hmm. Most, you know, I'm 42 years old. Most of the time, when I feel an intense feeling, it takes me a while to figure out a what the hell's happening. Even though I've been teaching this forever. Mm-hmm. And two uh, to have any sort of clue about where it's even coming from, I think I'm lucky if I'm able to go, "Oh wow, look at hey David, you're getting mad right now, or you're withdrawing and you're feeling guilty, oh, oh. like I, f- I pride myself when I can even do that, right? yeah, so when i I ask an, an adult, or especially a kid, why did you do that?" I kind of go, right. ooh, is that the best question <laughs> i don 't know yeah, right so I, I try to um I tried a few things recently with my daughter. I said to her something like, okay, honey, yeah, so you don't want to feel bad. You're trying to get away from that. Okay, so, um, hmm. So, so some things that I might ask her would be like, so I wonder, honey, like, what was going on for you? Were you getting upset? Were you getting, were you scared? Were you, like, I give her, uh, you know, checklist so she doesn't have to, like, come up with it. Uh, just to kind of help her go—is it was it more blue or red or yellow or green in terms of like emotions? Mm-hmm. Just like really foundational. And then, I, um, and so, like, why do you feel so bad? So often she'll say, "I feel bad," or um, "Yeah, I got angry." So she's not actually feeling bad; she got angry. But she, now she wants to move away from this stage of you know acknowledging anything. She just wants to go and do something. So she she knows that she got angry. And then, you know, um, well, daddy got mad because you did this thing. So I try to distinguish between the behavior and I I understand you felt angry. So I try to be generous with her emotions. You were really pissed. Wow. That would make so much sense why you were pissed. And uh, when you punched me, when you hit daddy, (laughs) I did not like that. That hurt. Can Can you just like say that back to me, honey? she's only six right yeah. That's okay. so what part did I not like oh and then she's like her brain wants to go into I'm bad mm-hmm. I don't want to feel bad mm-hmm. so I want to not think about this or it wants to go into well, I was mad so there <laughs> yeah. I, when yeah. I'm mad I can do anything yeah. and I'm trying to send her the signal your anger is welcome I love your anger I respect it there's space for your anger here I receive that this behavior, not okay. And if you, and I, and I give her an incentive, I mm-hmm. say to her, if you can acknowledge, like if you can say back to daddy that you understand what the problem is, and I, I say it to her in a simple way as I can, yep. then basically the consequences will be less. This is restorative justice, right? Yeah. You know, when someone yeah, screws yeah. up, yeah. you say, well, you can go to jail or you can sit in the circle and and acknowledge your impact with these people that you've hurt. It's your choice. No pressure. I mean there's yeah, there's no but, coercion. But you yeah, have a choice. Yeah, yeah. But there is pressure, right? There is like this is the better way. Own your impact on daddy. Hitting is, hurts him. Not just tell me hitting's not okay. That's mm-hmm, just like mm-hmm. whatever. Who cares? I don't respect rules for their own sake. So I don't expect anyone else to either. Yeah. But hitting was not okay because you hurt daddy. You surprised me, you shocked me, and it ow, my eye hurts. If we were play fighting, it would right. be awesome. I would love it. Yeah, Take a yeah. swing. Let's go. Yeah, But that was the wrong time, and it hurt me. Yeah. And if you can own that, then we can hug. We can go and do the thing you want to do. If you can't own that, you're going to have a timeout. Yeah. And I love you still, regardless of what you choose, and your anger was never the problem. It was the thing that you did, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, how, do I do that often or consistently? Sure. No, I mean, I have most of the time I'm too wrapped up in myself and impatient and I just mm-hmm. want to fix it and all that other stuff. Yeah, But there's been moments where I've done that and I've seen this like the gears in her mm-hmm. brain going, oh, mm. okay, I don't. You know, And if she acknowledges her impact, I see the guilt that she has to kind of swallow in a smaller dose. Yeah. Right? It's not shame. It's not yeah. you're bad. It's just a little bit of remorse and guilt she has to swallow to make that real. And when she does, she understands how she affects other people more. And I'm so much happier and proud of her and so glad we don't have to give consequences. And I genuinely want to hug her because I'm so proud. proud and pleased Mm -hmm. and happy you know Um,
0: and it probably helps you it helps let go too right yeah yeah, i'm not not mad at her
1: anymore because she acknowledged me yeah yeah and but that that's that example that i just gave is one where i put more onus on her yeah i think still as parents if we have interactions uh and we repair them i think at least three out of four times it should be the opposite It should be the parent acknowledging as a way of training her, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I grabbed her too quickly and lifted her. She didn't like that. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. uh, That hurt your hips when I grabbed you and you were surprised and you were in the middle of something and I interrupted you and I I just love playing with you and I jumped on you. I'm so sorry. That wasn't right. I just want you to know that and I respect that you got angry with me and you told me, stop it. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not going to, you know... Admonish you as a parent for using the wrong tone. Yeah, I respect
0: Or like that. give you guilt because I'm yeah. your dad and yeah Because that I see that right often exactly parents, yeah.
1: so I'm gonna do that for you And I'm gonna own my part and then three times I do that and then one time when she screws up. Okay now we're, you're in training too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, let's practice you doing that and you don't have to if you don't want to if you're not ready to then you're gonna sit in your room and not be on the iPad <laughs> Not do anything fun for five minutes, and I'm still here. I'm not abandoning you. I'm not punishing you in terms of like rejecting you. I'm still here. I love you. Like I'm waiting for you to come to me, but right now I need a break from you, and you are not allowed to do these things that are rewarding. And um, you know, so that's that's the way that I um, hope and wish for myself to behave more what I just explained mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
0: because I think sometimes when I know I I'm always having to do a similar reflection when speaking to others about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. we're not always going to do it this way we're human we screw things up these are ideals I I like what you said earlier about sort of being an idealist but also realistic or pragmatic because mm-hmm. um, when we have the ideals in mind at least we know where we're going or what we're Hoping to have happen as an outcome uh, and when we don't have those things in mind or when if we reject them as not realistic or not possible, mm. then what are we aiming or what are we searching for what are we trying to do then yeah um, and that's again it's layered and rippled um, but that's where I guess the self Respect or acknowledging that it's okay that we mess things up, and it's. I like that analogy of the the self criticism is really it is helpful in some ways, but we got to also train the bad cop to use that uh, in the direction of our ideals. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
1: think everything internally that we encounter and in our kids can be evolved and trained to evolve, Mm -hmm. and. It's not – to me, I don't even think of it as I'm reaching for an ideal. I think of it as like here I've mapped out the terrain of training Mm -hmm. and there's always further I could go. There's people in the world where I go, holy shit, they're in their whole new terrain. I I don't even understand that terrain. I can't even fathom how they do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm working on my own terrain that moves in towards them. I know it's moving in the right direction. Uh, I have criteria to evaluate. Am I moving in the right direction? And then I work on that terrain and some days I don't go very far and some days I go through the whole thing and I'm proud. And, that, and you know, in terms of like parents wanting to feel confident and not doubt themselves, that's what we need. We need to have a clear sense of practice Mm -hmm. and steps with ourselves that when we screw up, which we will constantly, we know how to correct ourselves. And when we do have that map and then we start sticking to it, fumbling through it, struggling with it we start to feel real confidence. Yeah, not confidence because I'm awesome. The yeah. confidence is that I know what I need to do and more often than not, I struggle with doing it, but I'm efforting at it yeah. and I'm learning every single time. Even when I screw up, I'm learning. That's real confidence, mm-hmm. right? Not giving yourself affirmations, I'm a wonderful parent. Bullshit. We have to train ourselves to be better in a way that's uh, effective and clear. And so I just want to say the criteria for me because there's also confusion, I think, in parents of like the the most common thing in the world when you sit down a couple yeah. who parent together and you say to them, how do you parent and how do you deal with intense emotions is you, you have like these extremes, right? Because when we're in a conflict situation with our kids or intense emotional situation, we go into our most extreme defaults, right? Mm-hmm. So you have like the... Um, ostrich on one hand you know who wants to just i don't want to deal with this emotionally or you have the kangaroo who wants to just hold their baby in their pouch and protect them from everything right Mm -hmm. um you either have the so that's in terms of like dealing with emotions Um, in terms of dealing with conflicts and your general parenting strategies um i'm trying to remember where i learned this these frames but they're really helpful you know there's the their brick wall and the jellyfish
0: yeah uh, Barbara Coloroso wrote about that yeah she
1: wrote about but that was even before her time really wow yeah, way back in the 70s
0: that's where I read brick about brick wall that. Yeah. and jellyfish yeah. and then
1: there's the spine yeah. there's another um, system that comes from another parenting thing that I love and I can't remember it right now yeah. is um, you're either a rhino you're right. like push 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 or oh god what's the opposite of the rhino I know the middle the middle is the one I want to be
0: but um it's not the turtle that you use in the no
1: no no. um there's the rhino and oh god i'm losing it yeah it's kind of like a jellyfish like you know you cave in you collapse yeah uh you you you're too permissive right and then the middle ground is the saint bernard (laughs) you know and then they're different systems right and um i i heard one about a shark turtle and a dolphin uh, I when I teach kids and parents we call it wild child you're a kind of explosive or turtle and then there's the warrior in between but basically we're um, there's these there's this inner divide in each human being mm-hmm. where on the one hand I want to be powerful um, I want to realize myself I want to be independent I want to make stuff happen in the world I want to influence the people around me right and then the other side is that I want to belong, I want to connect, I want to feel love. I want to be loved by others. And somewhere in our um, growing up, we're told that one of these is bad. You can only have one. <laughs> so you have to divide yourself and and shut that other one down. So you got to be a good boy who pleases everyone and gets love, but it's not really love. It's it's a, it's fake love. Yeah but it's the promise of real love. Or you got to say, fuck people, their stupid feelings. Who cares? I'm going to be ambitious. I'm going to go after what I want. I'm going to get mine. And, and you're promised power. It's not real power. It's the promise of power. It's fake. And Martin Luther King, you know, he has this famous quote that is like my guiding compass. Power without love is reckless and abusive. Love without power is sentimental and anemic. Hmm. And he recognized that you need love and power to make a whole. And you can't have one without the other. So when you think you're being really loving, but you're being really soft and and so loving that you're permissive, that you let people walk all over you, you're not being loving. No. You're being sentimental and anemic.
0: And sort of… Um,
1: and you're uh, desperate and you're yeah, begging for yeah, love. Yeah. You're empty of love. You're not full of love. No you're craving
0: you're craving yeah and searching and grasping and yeah and when you're being
1: the the rhino parent where you're pushing pushing and getting mad all the time you think you know it's coming from a good place and you tell yourself (laughs) stories and you think you're empowering your kids and trying to get them to do the right thing you're just being a bully i mean the intention is good Mm -hmm. but you're failing at being a whole human being so my compass as a parent to know, you know, am I going in the right direction? You know, what I just did and um, what I'm about to do. And am I going in the right direction? Is, is to ask myself, am I being love, loving and powerful? And if the answer is no, I'm being more one or the other, then I know I'm off course. You know, mm-hmm. that's, yep. my, that's my true north. And it's not easy being powerful and loving. No, it's not. But actually, well, I I wouldn't say that actually. I should take that back. It's it's in some ways it's easier being more powerful and loving than trying to be one or the other. It's not comfortable. It's not what we're I'm used to. Um but think about um, Adam Kahane. He, he uses this terms power and love in terms of working with conflict groups like Palestinian Israelis, like yeah. people who hate each other, right? And he says he walks into these famous um, events worldwide where they're trying to, like, resolve conflict between the North and the South, you know, Ireland, the Catholics and the Protestants, whatever, and you have these two camps. You have the power brokers who are greedy, selfish, trying to carve out their own and win, against the other side and then you have the love camps who are outside shut out of the power conversations and who are holding vigils and prayers and and trying to send love to everyone and um, and his work he's trying to bring the two together and he calls it like it's like two wings of a bird and if you only you flap one wing you just kind of sit on the ground Mm -hmm. going in circles right or if one wing is a lot stronger and the other one's weaker you're always lopsided and you end up going in the wrong direction And I think about it that way, um, that when I'm a parent and I'm – when I have the instinct to be firm, I try to bring in the self-correcting principle. of like let's bring compassion to that firmness. And when I have the instinct to be really soft and, okay, fine, you can do whatever you want, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. too soft, bring in some firmness, have some clarity, some boundaries, some expectations there. And then be soft. Like don't deny that one side. But bring the other side, bring them both, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the power of when you co-parent is you can be like, "Well, your tendency is to be too soft. My tendency is to be too hard. We need to learn from each other. I need to adopt some of yours. You can adopt some of mine if you want. Uh, and we're best when we're at together, not when we're you're trying to win and your approach, and I'm trying to win and my approach. You know, our child needs both. Yes. At the same time, <laughs> not. Pendulum swinging between them because that feels kind of crazy, right? oh well, dad beats me, and then mom lets me eat ice cream, yeah, like that just that's screwed up, so um I try to bring that in myself, you know, and then i, I get told constantly by the people around me when I'm off,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they know what they know what you're like, capable of yeah. and my
1: tendency is to be too hard um which is funny because I used to be too soft but with my girls they they experience me as being too hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah cuz well when you said it's not it's I think moving through the terrain to find the balance yeah is tricky in some ways and then but when we're in it it's not hard in a sense or it's it's as if we're enacting real um, truth or something like that. Like when we have those moments where we're really putting it all together, it is does seem quite beautiful and magical and easy and yeah, in a way that maybe it's not the right word, but it is seems to really work or something. I
1: don't Well, know I think how there, to say it. there's a there's a lot of paradoxes there. Like powerful loving is a paradox. Yes. Right? And the paradox is if you have a screaming child and you're trying to get them to school, you might just want to grab them by the scruff and throw right. them in the car. Yes. And you think, oh, this is going to save me time, yeah. And this is what needs to happen, yes, for peace of mind, right? <laughs> but if you, so in that moment, you feel righteous, and you you have these uh, glasses that are colored that show you, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. I'm being, I'm taking charge. Right. Yeah. Uh, whereas the other parent might be like, oh no, they're really in distress. We should stay here for hours and hours and talk about our feelings yeah. and have the day off. We'll take a mental health day off. Yeah. We'll skip school. And you think, oh, I'm protecting my child from trauma and distress. Yeah. And so you have these two extreme responses. And they both feel very justified. But, but if you step back a foot or two and you look at that, you, you, and you look at the consequence, and, and the consequence on the child, on yourself, on the relationship, and on their growth, mm-hmm. those dimensions, right? You go, not a good choice, either of those, right? Right. I might get my kid in the car, get them there on time. They can hate me. Yeah. And later when I try to help them, they don't want to have anything to do with yeah. me, right? And they're holding this grudge and they have this – and they feel like they're a slave and I'm controlling them. And, and they, so many other things are so much harder because I, I pulled too hard. Yeah. I pushed too hard, right? Yeah. And I lose so much time struggling with them, bribing them, pushing them <laughs> because of that moment where it started. And the other one is like well they don't go to school they feel you know disempowered like there's so many negative consequences. So if we saw that and we actually acknowledged all the impact and consequence of those choices being too soft too hard we would go oh my god that's not worth it. It can't be worth it. Like what is the benefit again? Because in that moment I felt it briefly but as soon as I took a longer view and I saw the You know, the things that came after, I go, oh, that was not worth it in any way. So then you go back to that moment. They're screaming. They don't want to go to school. (sighs) And you bring more compassion. I'm sorry, honey. You feel that way. It's so hard. You hate school. We'll have to talk about that because this is not the first time you've said that. Oh, my God. And you got to get in that car, honey. Because I am not wanting to be late for school, for work. That's going to really suck for me. And that's going to suck for you because it's going to affect you also, Um, and uh, and there's going to be other consequences. And you know, and Mm -hmm. if you don't do that, we're going to lose screen time later. You know, I'm sorry to have to be so firm with you. I know you're really mad at me now because I'm a bad guy. Yeah. And this is really what we need to do. We need to move towards this, and that takes longer than grabbing them and throwing them in the car, Um, and they're not pleased and there's tension but then you you look at the long view yeah you got to work a little late maybe um uh, they got to school so they got you know a place where they're contained they can learn they were able to they were in a position where they had to learn to soothe their own feelings so a lot of good things happened it's like the difference between eating a, a bowl of ice cream where you've had too much or instead eating something healthy <laughs> in the moment maybe you know, um, we we have this like desire to have one, but a half an hour later, we're so much happier, mm-hmm. <laughs> glad if we had something nutritious, right? Yeah. And we have good energy, and we're not crashing. So I think of it parenting that way. You know, yeah. the, having the right compass, having the right map, being able to navigate, and uh, and then even with all of those things, we need community. We can't do it alone.
0: Yeah, well, I wanted to ask yeah. you about mentorship or maybe in the past or present, yeah. how that has helped. Because I, I think maybe some parents don't have that or they're scared to look for it or acknowledge yeah. that it might be helpful. Yeah,
1: I mean, parents are looking because they, they go to therapy yeah. and they read a ton of books mm-hmm. and they listen to radio shows <laughs> yeah. and stuff, right? So <laughs> we're looking for because cause there's a, a something in us that says this, whatever I'm doing is not working. Yeah, So I'm desperate. Uh, but then we want a quick fix. We want a silver bullet. Yep. So we have to put that bullshit aside Yeah. and say, you know what? Parenting's hard. It's complex. It's going to be... It's going to demand training. Not mm-hmm. just, I go to one class. I watch one workshop. I do yeah. this. I learn these tricks, and then boom, it all works. <sighs> no, it's going to be practice, ongoing practice, 24-7, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your parenting doesn't stop, so why should your learning as a parent stop? Right. And to... So, yeah, there isn't enough spaces out there for that, right? No. There's information and you have to sift through all these experts telling you conflicting. A lot of experts also don't give you the paradox. Yes. They'll they'll lean into one direction. More, be more compassionate. Attachment. It's all about attachment. Or they'll be like, be more consequence. Uh, kids are too soft these days. And they're trying uh, to carve out a place in the marketplace yes. to be original.
0: Yeah. There was one thing I, on Instagram the other day. Uh want to have no conflict mornings where everyone is happy and gets to school on time. It's like,
1: really, really? <laughs> you know, it's in what world does that exist? Well, in the world where you have yoga pictures of you and your kids on the beach with a yeah, sunrise right, every day, right? right, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the magical world mm-hmm. of marketing, which right. is not real. And right. that, that makes parents feel even worse it does to compare yourself to that bullshit. Yeah. So I think we have to cut the bullshit with ourselves. And then we, we do need, to practice and train constantly mm-hmm. uh, I mean what choice do I really have if I don't practice I suck if I practice I get a little better every day right. so that's my choice and I'm lucky because I've had the, the support and training from a lot of mentors yeah. over the years and I've had my com- communities that I go to of parents and and uh, for Aikido and like overlapping communities yeah. where we're learning the same things over and over and over again um, so I think yeah w- we need we need more. Like It takes a village to raise a child. It takes uh, a real neighborhood and community to raise a family and to yeah. raise the parents and help the
0: parents. There, yeah, there, um, I heard someone say, or the reference to that is, and we need a community to keep the parents sane. Yeah. A village to raise a child and the community to keep yeah. the parents so sane.
1: so I'm a big yeah. believer in community. It's a lost art we've forgotten in this uh, I'm going to project. <laughs> self-absorbed society Yeah, we are so self-absorbed right uh, we're good people but we're, we're in the spell of narcissism in our society where yeah. everyone's on Instagram trying to get followers we should, we, we need community we need um, authentic community people coming together saying you know I, I'm broken I suck in these ways and I'm awesome in these ways and I can teach you something and you can teach me something yeah. and we can stumble together and learn and lean on each other um, so, you know, and i work within a lot of this work that I've done over the years is, as you know, has been within mental health. So it's yeah. been like, you have to go through wait lists and, and, um, um, you know, you have to have some learning disability or something to qualify right. for the work that, that I do. So I've been 2019 is my goal. The next few months, uh, early in the year is to start a family Aikido class. Um, where it's like parents and kids get on the mats together, and we learn about boundaries. We learn about how to respect each other, love each other, how to do conflict better, how to repair better. And we don't sit and and someone preaches at us. We mm-hmm. actually practice it. We practice it physically and emotionally and psychologically, and you know, and we wrestle with it and we struggle with it. Um, so that's my my intent is I want to bring this more out into the community. And I have a few uh, senseis that I've been training so they could spread it. And eventually, I'd like to write a book about parenting, like the martial art of parenting. (laughs) You know, the map, right? It's like, like, yeah, what do you actually need to know? Because I've been really honored and graced that I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of parents and families, right? So I've seen all kinds of families and I've seen Mm -hmm. how we're different, each of us, but how we're all struggling with the same stuff over and over again. And we all think we have this burden of thinking, Oh, you know, Oh God, I, we're, we're so bad because we're struggling with this. And I go, Oh my God, right? everybody's struggling right. with this, you know, everybody's struggling with how to get your kids to listen to you, how to respect your kids, how to work through moments of panic or anger with your child. Um, and I think we, we should take comfort in that, that this is a human struggle. Yeah. And that we're learning gradually and slowly with our kids. We don't have to be experts. We don't have to know more. We just have to show up and be willing to learn and grow. So um, I'm really heartened by that, you know. Mm -hmm. When I see parents and kids bonding and learning a better way together, I get teary-eyed. I go, I get goosebumps. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I didn't get this growing up. And I have the pleasure and the honor now to facilitate that experience for parents and kids and and to uh and then it reinforces in me oh god i gotta go yeah. home and do that <laughs> yeah because i i didn't do that today right that's so powerful oh my god i'm gonna do that you know mm-hmm. so that's that's where it's kind of taking me these days yeah do you think
0: i sometimes the do you have to go we get we've been chatting for a long time god Time, yeah, you gotta eh? go, eh? I got a little okay. bit. Let, yeah. Let's take five okay. five okay. more minutes. All right. Yeah. Um, the idea of community. Yeah. And so my family, we go to a I don't even know what it, they, it claims to be a religion, but it's a secular mm-hmm. church. Yeah. And so there's no religious figurines or anything, and there's no sort of dogma. Yeah. Um, and it's. Somewhat of a sense of community, yeah. but I think part of our resistance to that has been the historical sure. chains of religion, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of these lessons are ancient, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. And the idea that they're relatively fundamental su- problems of human existence. Yeah. Everyone has these problems, and da da da, and. And I think another lost part of that is the solution side. So the solutions Mm. or the skills or the practices are also common uh, and they're there. Mm. And the secret is just to practice as opposed to searching for the answer. Does that make sense? And I I think so many people get lost in the... There's a there's a specific answer to my specific problem, and if I solve it, then it goes away. But really, it's all about practice, or yeah, yeah and and that roadmap or the the compass and staying attuned to that. And that's where when you see these quick fix parenting solutions, <sighs> it's just like oh my god, yeah. And practice is yeah.
1: is sanity because it means you can always learn, you can always do better, yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. if you think about anything in your career, in your life, you want to get good at it, you practice it. Right. You don't read a book and go, oh, I understand. I, I know everything now. Yeah. And then you get mad at yourself because you can't perform. So the, the you know, the intellect, the the gap between our intellect and our intentions and our reality is so massive mm-hmm. that the the only thing that's sane to me is the bridge of practice. Yeah, great. You let, read all these books. Great. You understand mindfulness. You You love it. You think it's amazing. Um how do you practice it with your child? Mm-hmm. How do you practice it while you're driving? And and if it's something that's hard to do like 20 minutes of meditating in a lotus position, yeah. and you need the perfect conditions, then you know, you're setting yourself up to fail. Can you practice it in one breath? Right? Can you just feel the steering wheel? Can you just feel your feet? You know. Mhm. Can you turn to your <laughs> child and just breathe and and let the thoughts that you have just be there but make a little space in the cloud you know push those clouds of thoughts and just make a little space for whatever the hell they're saying to pop in that's mindfulness yeah that's
0: presence (laughs) there was an amazing when she said that two days ago my son was using bad language and (laughs) I he it was amazing I was I looked at him and I was sort of oh And I just took that big, deep breath right in front of him, and I didn't say anything. Yeah. And I just sort of gave him the eye contact, and I walked away. Uh, And then 10 minutes later, when we were talking, he said, you were about to say this, this, and this, and you did uh, ninja breath. Because we've been talking about (laughs) ninja breath
1: from your class. And he's like, you did ninja breath, and then you didn't say anything. Well, he's a wise kid, right? He knew he did something wrong. Yeah. And you knew that he knew. So did he need to be reminded?
0: Yeah. Yeah, probably not.
1: Yeah, yeah, and oh. maybe sometimes there's a need for consequences. Sometimes there isn't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's more need for awareness and impact, right?
0: But yeah, it's, that's taking it, in, yeah. as you're saying. You know, feel the steering wheel, feel the breath. How are you practicing this in your everyday? Yeah, and that, again, that doesn't always happen. But that was a that was a nice m- moment of also the modeling and the mm. being, the teaching, in a sense, which is part of the practice and part of the all that. Yeah jazz
1: i guess you know i mean there's, there's so much to talk about. yeah we, talk for hours. we
0: should have a we'll have another session i, I guess time. i
1: want to yeah. kind of leave on this yes. this image of like the compass that helps me and, and the center maybe the goal isn't to go in one direction it's to find the center the paradox right yeah like i could you know you just said a bad word i could lean in and try to tell you don't do that try to control you Or I could lean back and pretend it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Or I could take a breath like you did, straighten my own spine, Mm -hmm. and just empty myself and just breathe and ground myself. And then out of that center point of, you know, what do I need to do? Ask myself, what could I do right now that would be powerful and loving? And maybe it's stepping away. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's stepping in and saying something. But, I know I'm most powerful and loving when I'm in my center first. When I ground myself, I breathe, mm-hmm. empty my mind for a moment, and then, and then I ask myself a question like, hmm, what's the wisest thing to do right now? Or what, what's needed right now? And out of that, I behave much differently than out of my reflex, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that would be my invitation to our listeners, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't try to fool yourself to think that you should know the answer or be in control or all the other bullshit we discussed. Just in those moments that are really hard, just pause, you know, stop the world, pause, take a breath, feel your feet, adjust your posture so that it feels most fluid and alive. You feel more present. And that doesn't take very long. It should take Mm -hmm. five or 10 seconds. And And then ask yourself a question. What's, you know, uh, not what I should do, mm-hmm. what's the right, because that, that's loaded. Just ask yourself, what what's the best thing for me to do right now as a parent? And, and see if you can, even, even if you don't listen to that, the answer and yeah. don't follow it. See if you can just hear it and go, oh, you have your own little compass inside that steers you. It's far more accurate than any book or any expert, right? Mm -hmm. So I I want parents to develop that ability to find their center, you know? And from there, things become clearer.
0: Lovely. Yeah. Thank you, David. Welcome. All right. Thank you to Radio Region Park and anyone who is listening. um, Hope you have a good day. And that was a lovely, long conversation. So I will turn the music back on. And uh, that's about it. Take care, everybody.